Hey everybody, welcome to the Bagland Podcast. This is your host, Bagland DP, and Keish, and we're going to showcase politics, tech, and tangibles. Sounds by Mike Titan. If you hear something you like, you can contact me for an appointment for production, and you need to be ASCAP and BMI registered. So I'm promoting these black-owned businesses as well. So we got Catwalk Fierce, she does makeup. We got Send Beats, www.beatstars.com, P-S-Y-N Beats. Also, www.beingblackinit.com. Your information technology consultation and training. Also, Being Black and IT, the book is on Amazon. And also, A Walk in Your True Path by Nikia Pearson on Amazon. If you want to get your gear, you want to look fresh, go to 360 Life Clothing. You know, you get you uh, a hoodie, you know, you get you some t-shirts. Um, also, www.aliveshoes.com. Um, they got some shoes on deck, some black-owned businesses, and Talia Twine Luxury Watches. So if you want to get your watch game straight, you know, you could go online and get those. So one of the big topics that we're going to talk about is this 27-year-old Alabama woman, this sister. Um, somebody got into an argument with her, and she ended up getting shot. I don't know if it was a woman or a man, but it was supposed to be over a man or something crazy like that. And they charged her with the fact that she got shot, the other person that shot her ain't in jail. She's in jail. And now you got the uh, pro-abortion advocates that's, you know, they're jumping on this saying, well, it's an example like them and all this. And so, Keish, what have you heard about it so far? How, how do you feel about it? I mean, I've heard what you've heard. I really don't. Being a woman, I just think that she should have get charged. Only for the simple fact she knew what she was doing when she um, caused the fight with the young lady. I don't know what what woman in her right mind, five months pregnant, will be sitting there trying to fight with their newborn baby. So I do think she should be charged. The baby was unfortunately killed. So that's um, the repercussions of her situation. Yeah, you know what? I think that... I would like to see more information coming out, but it's kind of like, what I thought was strange is you got these abortion advocates that says, well, this is an example, but this sister wasn't trying to have an, an abortion at all. I'm, I'm saying like, if I'm looking at it from the outside looking in, I'm like, all right, I don't think to her whole point. Now, if she started a fight and got to fighting and acting a damn fool, she shouldn't have had, she ain't got no business doing nothing, nothing like that. But. She wasn't trying to have an abortion. Maybe she could have been trying to have a little miscarriage or whatever, but if she's five months pregnant, I'm thinking she tried to have that baby. And she could have been on some ratchet shit. Oh, I'm a fight, this, that, and the third. But what the what the media or people that's trying to use this as an example, these pro-abortion advocates, I haven't really heard too many people talk about, hey, wait a minute, this is a false criminal justice system. You know, this is a sister that's being wrongfully charged. They're not they're not using that type of talk. They're using the whole, you know, let's use this pro-abortion thing. And the issue should really be, okay, if you upset, this should be a sister that you upset about. This, you know, she's she got the DA and the police is mistreating her. She's being charged for something she shouldn't have got charged for. So, you know, that's what that was my thoughts on that. That's why I was kind of wondering, like, Okay, what what kind of angle were they gonna come? Well, at? if you think about it, like when a woman has a child and unfortunately she's neglectful to the child, you know, she can be charged with endangering the child, just like 
people that leave their car, their kids in warm cars, and you know the baby dies or something. So you put your child, your child in harm's way. Yeah. Well, you know what it's like. I thought about it too. Like, okay, let's say I'm driving. And mm -hmm. me and another dude get into a little argument on the road. He cut me off. I flip him the finger. And he's like, oh, well, screw you, this, that, and third. And we go back and forth. And I speed off in another lane. And he gets upset, follows me, hits my car. I got my child in the car. Should I get charged for that? Should, should, should I no, get charged? I Am I at fault for that? Or was it based on this dude making a dumb decision to run into well, a man's different. car. You're, you're complaining two different things. So if you are driving and someone hits you and then unfortunately the child gets harmed in that whole situation, this will make you neglectful in that situation. If you had some type of road rage with this driver and you knew you had a baby or a, a small child in the car. But I'm still and, acting a fool. Yeah, so you are responsible. So I'm neglectful. Yes, when we have our children, we are responsible from the day they're born for their lives to protect them and everything. So when we're being neglectful in that, yes, you should get charged. I mean, it's not your life. That girl knew that she had a baby in her stomach. She had to know. And she for sure. knew that she was in her second term, which means it was a fetus. She didn't care. Five and she months. probably thought that the girl would get in trouble for fighting a pregnant woman. She was trying to get her in trouble. She didn't really give a damn about the baby at the time. So I feel like that just my personal opinion that she deserved uh, what she uh, got charged with. And you may not agree with it, mm -hmm. but she put herself in a position. I don't know how many times I've seen girls fight and they've been pregnant and they didn't say, well, you know, you lucky I'm pregnant or holler at me when I'm um, done being pregnant. Because they don't want to put their child in harm's way. Yeah, she knew yeah. what she was doing. Yeah. So that's yeah. just how I feel about that. That that's a good way to look at it, you know. And you know, just just on a side note, you got this was in Alabama, and they're one of these, you know, so-called pro-life states. You know, they, you know, I I, I don't know. I want to see more that happen about it, but. I mean, we'll see how that goes. And maybe we don't know the whole story before yeah. what they're saying. Like I said, I don't know what woman be like. Yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna fight this girl anyway. Or you know, I don't care. You got a knife, and I'm pregnant. Come on, like who does that? So they said, okay. Now I'm looking at this article, and they said something about this was at the Dollar General, and the police said it was over the fetus's father. It led some lady named uh, Ebony Jemison to shoot Jones in the stomach and Jones survived but it resulted in the miscarriage so they charged uh, they said Jemison was charged with manslaughter um, so uh, it looks like right here it says she was charged with manslaughter but the grand jury failed to indict her and the case was dismissed so um, I think they kind of looked at it and said well you know uh, Miss Jones and I'm I'm looking at this mugshot, and you can't always tell with mugshots that much. But I don't I don't see no remorse. Like if I if that would have been me, I would have been like, man, this is fucked up. Like my child. I mean, she, if you look at this mugshot right here, she looked like shit. I don't care. Th that that's what I'm getting out of it. But I don't I don't know. Maybe that's just how she looks. But 
she don't really look too sad. Did they take her to the hospital after uh, she got shot? Was I'm she? pretty sure they did. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, you she know? don't look like somebody that just lost the child. She in remorse and, you know, just kind of hurt. She and this, like this could have been after the she, fact. She revengeful if you look at her eyes. And yeah, it, look, yeah it looks very revengeful. Like body language. Um, like, you know, you talking about a lot of thousand stories in our face. If you can see her expression, it doesn't seem remorseful, but... Um, I don't know what she told the police, what she told the cops. I don't know the, the true story, but the little bit that we are reading about, I can honestly say that um, if that is so, she did put that child in harm's way, and she should be charged. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's, it's a very unfortunate She don't need to be producing situation. no more kids if she don't care no, she about the offspring. Is she, is she acting a fool? And see, and this is, and see that's where these... These pro-abortion, this 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 whole, uh, you got some people that's saying, well, she should be able to do whatever she wants. No, you don't. You you can't do just whatever you want. There there are some rules to the game here. You know, um, me, me being a man, I, I don't. There's not a whole lot I can say about where a woman's rights is or whatever like that. But I mean, in this case, with me looking at this article. If if the if the fact was you're acting a fool and you plan on having a child and you like well because they're saying it's over a man so you know it's ratchet. Well, we know that. And if that's the case, it's always over something. It's always over a man. It's always over a woman. It really don't matter. The fact is, she put her child and she knew she was pregnant in harm's way. Now I don't know if she provoked. Them. I don't know if the woman you know was like on site. I'm gonna get you or something like that. I don't know what happened, but. If she uh, continue, but see, if somebody pull a gun on you, yeah. your automatic response would probably be either to flee or to fight. That's right. just common sense. So I don't know if the gun was pulled first. She could have pulled a razor or, or a knife. Yeah, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe she was just defending herself. Then, then that situation changes to her protecting her and her child's life. So no, she shouldn't be charged for that. But if she provoked that girl and seen her and just popped off and jumped out the car, whatever the case, and then got shot. Yeah, you put your child, your child in harm's way. One so. thing I noticed about this case and something that I I was just about to uh, forget before we go to the next is they never showed the person, and I don't know what the Alabama laws is, but they didn't show who the person was that shot her. Usually when they charge a person, we see that mugshot. So I'm wondering who that is. Because they did show who was charged. Oh, you talking about the, the, yeah, the girl? No, is. but I'm saying initially they charged the other woman, but they didn't show her mugshot. So who was that? And Alabama, I, I don't know if it's stand your ground, but they, you know, they real pro Second Amendment down there. So I'm wondering, you know, who was this woman that shot her? Because they didn't show that, but I don't know. But another case that I that I happened to pull up, and I know. Uh, a lot of people don't know too much about it, but you have uh, you got five of these rednecks down here, and um, where was it at? It was in Atlanta. It's like 40 miles outside in Atlanta. And when you get outside in Atlanta, like not the city, like in the country, it gets a little sticky out there. But this was in Griffin, Georgia. Uh, they killed this black man in 1983, and um, this was 34 years ago. And this brother was out there at a bar with a, a white woman. And I guess when he came outside, 
I think they tied him up, put him in a pickup truck. It was like that whole little thing down in 98 when they dragged that brother in the pickup truck in Jasper, Texas. And um, hopefully they get justice. You know, I, I, I think that's, that's some of that good old boy stuff. They, it's people that came out in Georgia, probably people that they knew. You know, like these people look like they are in their late 50s and 60s. Like they did this when they were young. So you had, they had a lot of hate in their heart. You know, and they, they killed this brother over that. And um, somebody came out and, you know, a lot of times when people get old, you know, they start feeling remorseful or whatever. And somebody came out and told them, hey, look, I'm, I probably know about this old cold case. And so, uh, you know, if if in fact, and you know, they're going to they're going to roll over on each other. They're going to tell they ain't going to take that hit. You know, I can look at them, you know. I'm looking at the mugshots right now. This he's the he's the one that's gonna take the hit, and this woman she gonna be the rat. These are they all going down for that? They probably gonna get the death penalty because George don't play. You gonna you so gonna, they all been charged? Oh yeah, oh yeah, all of them. Um, they're saying that this crime is reminiscent. So how did to, they tie them to the murder? Well, it says right here that uh, Coggins, that was the brother that got killed. He was 23 years old, and he was last seen at a bar with a white woman on October 7th in 83. So they say that he was stabbed in the neck, stomach, back, and then tied up to a pickup truck with a chain around his leg, and they dragged him. And it says uh, the case has remained unsolved, and there was uh, witnesses that told the authorities they seen uh, Goggins get in a car with Grebhart. So I, I'm thinking that... Uh, Goggins was was the brother and then one of these people that was charged was Gebhardt or I don't know if that was a woman or not but somebody must have seen them so it says right here that Gebhardt, Bill Moore, Huffman and Bunn and uh, Lamar Bunn was arrested for the murder of Coggins so Coggins is the brother that got no, killed. No I know they was arrested but it's still not showing why in 2019 they're just being charged just because someone says in a statement, I seen him get in the car in 1983. Yeah. Why now? What happened? Something was said, new evidence, new Probably. Evidence. I mean, you know, that's 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 good old boy town. You know, they hold them secrets out there in them redneck town. It says a lack of evidence. Um, the murder weapon in the chain was never found. But it says a lack of the evidence in the racist political climate and Griffin allowed the killers to remain free. The story also lacked prominent media coverage at the time they as the local newspapers away. failed to give coverage. They may still get away if they don't confess to it and they don't have a weapon. Yeah. But the fact, if they charge them with this crime from 83, they know something. They're not telling us everything. I, I'm going to get deeper into this at some point in time just for me. Yeah. But th they got, somebody knows, somebody that knows them. Because at that point it's hearsay. Like I can say, oh, I seen so-and-so shopping at the store back mm -hmm. in 1989. And I think I seen them get a card. That's not proven. That's just only hearsay at that point. It may be a witness, may not, but... I'm, I'm just curious on what evidence um, they have all of a sudden if they don't have a weapon and they don't have nothing tying the victim. Well, it says the here that the witnesses told authorities they saw him get in the car, and there was also a witness who came forward to re reveal that Grabhart bragged about killing him oh, okay. because he was a nigga in interviews conducted by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. So if, if one, I'm pretty sure one of these done probably admitted so far and that's all they need mm -hmm. when they go to a, a jury trial but see here's another funny thing and, and you pointed something out 
they could might get off if it's mm -hmm. old redneck town because it says mm -hmm. jury selection could delay the trial after hundreds of jurors failed to show up on the first day of jury mm -hmm. selection. So they want to protect that. This is one of the most sundown towns. And you know, well, people they, need to, to be aware of this and just raise more awareness so that they don't just get off. And that's yeah. all that needs to be said. People need to share it. People need to talk about it. Um, I, I didn't even know about this case. Yeah, they hot, you know, and see, when you go in them little towns, and just just shout out to the brothers and sisters out here that's living in some of them little towns, is, you know, you got to come want to keep your eyes open, and not to say that something's going to happen to you, but you know, like, some of them little towns, they'll know the stuff is going on, and people is afraid to say anything, and it may be one of them little towns where everybody's close-knit, so the DA, the law... Everybody in that town, if something happens to you, they just gonna be like, "Well, you know, this we know it's wrong, but this is our people, and you know, if it means us hiding this secret, you ain't gonna get no justice." So, you know, hopefully that brother gets some justice, and we'll be praying for his family and everything, and um, we'll see how that goes. We'll look mm -hmm. at it later. So we got this guy, and you know he ain't got no remorse. Um. We'll look at that another time. Um, but let's see here. We got some cell phone laws coming up <laughs> August 1st. Oh, man. this is Now, we got a lot of people. Every time I'm, I'm so driving, you see somebody time. with their flip phone. <laughs> Ain't no flip phones. No, I still see people with their flip phones. I, I, mean, I haven't seen no flip phones since 1999. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a regular phone, you know. Which makes me, okay, why ain't you got Bluetooth? Because they be having this phone up to their ear and they can't concentrate. So I'm kind of like, okay, they need to do something about these phones with some of these crashes. So the topic is, it says Minnesota unleashes campaign ahead of August 1st um, to cause laws restricting drivers from phone use. Now, I don't think nobody should be using their cell phones while they drive it. I mean, everybody at this point should have a car phone trying to sound... Uh, superficial or snooty or, you know I know not everybody can afford like a newer car but most cars has a car phone built in it or even if you need to have a conversation that's always the side of the road where you can pull over it's completely dangerous and I know Minnesota drivers I just gotta speak on this <laughs> they can't drive they can't I've seen people slow down when there ain't even an inch of snow on the ground driving like it's just such bad weather. And this is Minnesota. You know how much snow Minnesota get. So it just boggles me that we got all these people from different countries and ethnicities. And most of the time when you look over, they got a cell phone with a scarf tied to their ear while they drive. That, you know, now you know you ain't paying attention to the road and that conversation. You can't do both. Well, that's that Cedar Riverside stuff. I don't, I don't know that, about Riverside. Hey, I'm, I'm beyond. I ain't trying to throw they nobody under the bus. It. it needs to be a $3,000 ticket. It's dangerous. There's been plenty of times where I didn't see women look over at us with a phone on their head. Yeah. And they about to turn and they see us in the turning lane. And they, they about to turn crazy. and hit us and look at us crazy. And they look at you crazy. They look at you as if. they ain't paying attention. They look at you crazy as if. 
Minnesota's can't drive. They can't tell you that now. They can't. They can't drive rough the damn honey. I'm a born and then when you Minnesota. go to other places like Wisconsin or uh, Chicago, people drive there. They really drive. They really move. They don't move. How do y'all move so slow in Minnesota and still get into so many accidents? I think it's drugs. <laughs> 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 no, for real. I think we got a lot of D- DWIs. We got a lot of people drinking alcohol, but I think it's a lot of drugs. We we are vape. We are very pro pharmaceutical. And that's why they started that slowpoke law. This this is for that very reason. I ain't never seen nothing like this. Yeah, I, I you know. I think that a lot of people be high. They be on pills. They be on these phones. They be in a rush to go. I don't know nowhere. I mean, there's nowhere. not that. Ain't nothing going on in Minnesota that important. Not to that, that point. you driving like that. Not, not to the point you want to get into an accident and halfway kill somebody, you know. But that, that's that's crazy, you know. I, I don't know. I I think the only way they're going to get people off these phones is if they start hitting people with them. Like you said, it's going to have to be like an unfair fine. Yeah. It's going to have to be a fine where you just like, man, this is this is just an ungodly fine. I mean, fine. just like drunk driving. You know, when your kid first get their license, you like, make sure you don't drink and drive. The parents make sure that they have that conversation. Have that conversation with your kids. Instill it in them young so that they don't grow up to be one of them adults with a damn phone to their ear and they drive. Yeah. That is so dangerous. It could be anything. Somebody could be driving down the road the wrong way and you on the phone You and your instincts haven't caught the situation quick enough because you're doing something else and minnesota drivers they drive down the wrong way all the time i'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> that man down the road online the other day i couldn't believe it i'm looking at him how you honking at the people and you in the wrong goddamn lane <laughs> and look the people in the right lane reversing why i'm not reversing i'm gonna let your ass hit me and I'm going to hit your ass with some insurance and lock your ass up. Yeah, I, you know what? I see it, a lot of that happen, like, all kind of off That of, should be vehicle off of Washington. I don't know what you're thinking. You yeah, can't I'm, say you ain't know what lane to turn. You know, I think some people, you ain't got they, no be, they be from out of town. But still, no, you can't use that because you can look and see that it's a, they ain't got no patience. They ain't got no patience. They, that's, that's what they the teach is. you this in driver's education when you take your knowledge test and the skills test. I don't care what state you're in. You should know what lane to turn in, which is the innermost lane to the other side. You don't turn into the, the lane that's turning into the lane. Okay, what about somebody coming from out of town? What about it? What you talking about? Let's say they don't know about the one ways, and I'm just saying, let's say they get some horrible drive. How you don't know about one ways? I don't know. They Every just, state has a one way. I don't know. I, I think they could just be. I, I think they high. I think everybody got GPS at this point, right? Even if you are out of town and you can GPS, and they'll tell you where to turn, where you know where to go, how many miles to, to this place. That's a lot. Yeah, and you know. can't blame it on, oh, I'm from a different country. Well, you should have learned this culture. Yeah, yeah. I can't go to goddamn China and not know none of the symbols on the street and cause a damn accident and oh, say, yeah, oh, you, I don't know. When you go out of town, you when you go to other countries, you got to abide by their rules. Here, people come, I think, and they abide by whatever they want. Mm-hmm. That shit needs to stop. I'm just going to be flat out. You know, this old, I'm going to do whatever I want. They I'm going to drive how I want. a whole lot of stuff that other states do not... 
I don't even think you can get away. If you was with Alabama, oh, unfortunately, God. and you was an immigrant, and you turn it down the wrong damn road. They on you. Billy Bob going to be on you. Highway State Patrol Troopers. Billy Bob going to be on you. going to be on you. First what of are you all, doing around these parks, partner? Right, yeah, that's the first thing they're going to say. They'll be like, hey. Uh, and see, down there, they ain't like, they ain't covert like Minnesota. You know, they're not, they're not like the north where they you just. They ain't pass or whatever. They they may ask, what's doing in my country? They may come at you like I don't know about all that. <laughs> I'm saying if know. it's somebody if it's somebody from like a place where they know is from a whole different country or something, they may be like, What you doing in my country? And what are you doing down in my town? Like a lot of them little places, especially little hick towns, they know that you ain't from there. So And like, they don't want you there. And That's they don't like want in you Minnesota, there. these little towns, they ask you, What did you move here for? They, they don't want you there. They let you know that. They don't want you there. They don't want you there. They let you know right away, and you know, hopefully, you can get up out of there with your life. But um, try to stay to the Brown Center. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> yep, yeah, that's the place you got to go. But um, uh, another thing, this redlining and gentrification here in uh, Minnesota, the rent is too damn high. Remember that guy that was doing the rent too damn high thing. But no, the rent is like, it's crazy, you know, and you got a lot of these, they're pushing a lot, of, let's be flat out honest, they're pushing a lot of the black folks out of, they did that on the north side, or the south side already. So what are we talking about? We're talking, we're talking about, about in general, redlining and gentrification. Around the world or here in Minnesota? No, no we're talking about Minnesota and just in general in the USA, but specifically here in Minnesota, um... We got a lot of high rent going on. People are selling their houses in the suburbs. And so this is occurring in Minneapolis. Because I haven't oh, yeah. seen this occurred in St. Paul yet. The only, uh, would you say, gentrification that's going on is maybe St. Paul and the train that they build. I yeah. noticed they're trying to change university up in that area. Oh, yeah. They yeah. haven't came to the east or the west side and changed Not anything. yet. Not yet. And I think one of the reasons why... Is because if you look at the train, the train stops right at downtown, mm -hmm. and it goes all the way down University. Mm -hmm. They just had a documentary, and I'm not gonna cover the whole lot, but I want to showcase it. Um, it was a documentary about Rondo and the way that the United States government blatantly and disrespectfully just ran through the black neighborhood back in the '60s or '70s or something like that. But okay, fast forward if you go to um, University, there was a lot of black owned shops salons and remember they're putting that train together they didn't need that damn train it was a waste of my money if you ask me but i think they're just and if you notice they got some uh some modern apartments on university right now but if it stops in downtown st paul then you know that's where the gentrification is going to be because i mean let's be honest downtown st paul ain't popping like that it ain't like minneapolis like minneapolis is popping well, it just needs to be updated. They got a lot yeah. of old buildings that they just refuse to remodel. Um, and so a lot of the businesses, don't nobody really going to go downtown St. Paul unless it's some type of festival. But Minneapolis yeah. is more of where the money is being made. But like I was saying before, they doing this gentrification all around the world. Where I'm from, Milwaukee, 
it's always been segregated. Like the South has always been where where the white people live, and then the North has been where the blacks, in the East and the West. Um, but downtown, recently when I went back, how they started to clean that up, mm-hmm. and I noticed they cater to the University of Wisconsin students down there. They really don't oh. want blacks down there. They did a lot of remodeling my dad was telling me about, but uh, I think they're trying to push more the college kids to the city down there and move uh, the blacks out to the suburbs. I mean, Racine. I was just going to say Racine. Has been one of, it's a suburb, but they didn't move, you know, black people out there. Now it's like a city. So they've been doing this for years. It's been a plan. Minnesota, like I said, I haven't seen it much besides on university. I can see the changes. It's more catering to college students with the little coffee shops and all of that. And I said, okay, they want everywhere that where that train is running Mm -hmm. for them people to hop on and hop off. But them trains been killing people. (laughs) (laughs) People People can't get run over by the trains. You have to walk an extra two miles just to find a crosswalk. So, um, I don't think, I don't know if that train's a good idea, but now they got the baseball field. That's going to bring in money. I'm about to check that out. Is it a baseball or soccer? It's soccer. Soccer. Soccer's cracking. So So they're they're building a soccer stadium right there, which is going to bring in a lot of money. So they're trying to change university. I don't see nothing on East and West St. Paul. I don't even see money being put into that part of this. Not yet. I don't think not yet. That's going to be in the future. You know, speaking of that alliance, um, you know, soccer, a lot of people don't know, but soccer... You would think it's football, basketball, that's the biggest sport. Nope. I did a little research. Soccer is the biggest sport in the world. Like, them stadiums be 30,000 people packed in Brazil. And, like, now, we don't mess with soccer like... It's other coaches. But in Europe and... Love soccer. Europe, We like soccer, but it's not number one in America. I think it's football and then basketball. In America. In America. But around the world, soccer soccer is that deal. Like, and that's because I was wondering, why would they put a soccer field? They about to get soccer popping. And Mm -hmm. St. Paul, they probably built it and got a decrease in taxes. Now, Minneapolis, I've seen an article not too long ago where now they're saying you have to be open to renting to Section 8. You know, some people be like, well, I don't want to rent Section 8 because somebody going to come in and mess my stuff up and people don't appreciate it and all that. Now they got an ordinance. It's never been in history where you um, had to force uh, landlords to choose who they want on their property. Like, I can rent to a family member. When do, oh, you can't discriminate because they're people. I understand people discriminate, but if I buy a home and I don't want Section 8 people in there, that should just be my choice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not understanding that. Uh, yeah, I, I hear I that. I, hear I get that. what they're saying. Everybody needs because it's because of discrimination. They can't place people. Right. But at the same time, maybe they need to build more housing, or yeah, you know, maybe something like that can be done. Like, or you know, know what? Now, now speaking of black folks, now a lot of us don't want to do it. But a lot of a lot of the Latin brothers, a lot of the Mexicans, man, they'll pile up all in one crib. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they get their bread together, they get their back. That's why they own Lake Street. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I don't want to pile up. I'm being honest. Black people can't take nobody to live with them. I don't yeah. know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm saying me, you, I you don't. You can't even I'm, take a roommate. Yeah. I don't know what you talking I'm about. Mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. No, but I'm just well, saying. Be this is how this motherfucker didn't touch my good towels. You know. <laughs> this is how they did it. This how no, I'm saying the the, the, the Mexicans on the south side, on Lake Street. I'm telling you, they getting it in. They staying in them apartments. They buying it. That's why they got it all. They got the whole Lake Street. They got the whole South Well, side. Jose probably working two and three jobs and he barely there at night. It's just where he received But they getting money. that bag up. They getting it. You know what I mean? I guess I can't be mad at him for that. You know, but well, like. you know, with Trump, they might find that one house with them 20 Mexicans in there. Oh, uh, he's sending them immigration. <laughs> he's sending them ice teams out ASAP. He's sending them out next week. So they may want to try to hide if they ain't got, they got their paperwork or whatever, but. You know, on Minneapolis, that's where you're seeing all that heavy gentrification. Like downtown, it's so many high, high-end, modern apartments. Even when I was doing my little Uber thing, you had people, and I'd be like, "What made you want to sell your house?" They used to get people get volunteer information. They'd be like, "You know, I had a nice house in Egan, and this, that, and the third, and I'm tired of driving, or I'm retired, and they just buy some property in downtown." They said the theaters down here, all the bars is down here. Whole Foods, they got like one or two Whole Foods, Target. You know, they would give me the run. I would want to live downtown around all that if I had no kids. Like, that's not like. They didn't have no kids. With some kids. I don't know. I just don't feel yeah. comfortable. What if my my child, unfortunately, learned how to unlock the door and they go down the hall, then they go down the street. Now they're on the front of a busy street, a bunch of cars. Like, it's not rather yeah. than having a yard and a fence yeah. and a gate. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's older people. The, the people that I've been talking to are usually people with that are around our age or older and don't have kids or either elderly or in their 50s, 60s, 70s or whatever, okay, and their kids are Yeah, wrong. that's different if you don't have kids. Though. You know, most of those people are, like, retiring. And for the people that I picked up when I'm I was doing... I'm not paying Uber, no $1,900 for no one-bedroom. I wouldn't. I'd rather have some land. That don't sound... I'd rather have a home. But for them, they probably had the home... You know, their kids already went through college, got a home of their own. You can still buy a condo or something downtown. You don't have to pay $1,900 for rent. But that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those people. Those, those are the people that were saying, hey, yeah, I bought a condo downtown and and, mm-hmm. and I sold my home. I don't home know how much New York is or Chicago rent, but I ain't paying no 1900 for no one bedroom. I think New York, oh, Lord, New York is now, That's why I said, man, you can't get barely nothing in New York for nights. No, nah, I think... I think in New York, maybe for like a two bedroom, it's like twenty five. That's what I say. You better be grateful at night that you have, but you gonna find a closet, a corner. You be in there with the subway with the rats. You hear the sub- <laughs> yeah, you hear the subway go past the window. I don't know. Yeah, I would mess with that. Oh, going over to like the jobs, and you know, I was looking at these uh, these positions, and you know, especially with the state of Minnesota, and they talking about well. You gotta have, uh, you gotta speak this language and speak that language and, and this, that, and the third. So, what basically it sounds like you're trying to say is that you notice that most jobs these days are requiring the language. Most people, not all people, but most people don't know how to speak Korean or Somali. I don't know how to speak that. Who I don't didn't? know why I would take the time to learn that either. Yeah. So, if unfortunately I have all the qualification met all the qualifications, but I don't speak the language, I feel like that's discrimination in itself. Um, 
being in human service, most of the jobs I'm dealing with people of color. Right. So if I go to school and I get a degree and I still don't qualify because I don't speak, that's that's basically to me weeding out black people from employment. Yeah. Big time. And I'm unfortunately that's what I see in Minnesota. I can't speak on around the world, but like, um, the immigrants, yeah. you know, people of Somali. I was like, how, okay, I don't speak the language, cause so I don't meet the requirements. Okay, they yeah. don't make it a requirement for a white woman to be working for black people, people of color, or like no. knowing our culture and all of that. They just go get a piece of paper and they get in our face and tell us what to do rather than help us. That's yeah, they, how I feel. They well, don't make it a requirement for that. Like, oh, well, no, you don't meet the requirements. They hired us. Well, that's that, that's that old benign and neglect policy thing. That's that. And, you know, like, I was having a conversation. And, you know, my mom told me this a long time ago. I didn't believe when I was a kid that much. And then I had a couple other people talk to me about this stuff. Then I had other people and I said, okay, this is some BS going on. And what they told me was a lot of these immigrants to come over here, especially like, specifically I'm talking about this is a Somali community. It's a Somali sister that was telling my mom like, they told me to stay away from black folks. They showed me, they didn't show me King and Malcolm and Medgar Evers and all the, you know, they didn't show the people that set the standard and set the foundation for everybody else to reap the benefits. They didn't show those people that came over. They showed, you know, niggas selling crack and gang banging and all. You know, the small percentage of black folks in America that's, that's doing this stuff. And they, they showed them that when they came and said, don't deal with them. Don't deal with black Americans. And so some of them got that vitriol against us, you know, for, for that. And so um, then... Me personally, I met a Somali woman and she told me they, they show her the same thing. When she came in, she came in from Egypt. Because a lot of them don't come from some of them little camps straight from Somali. A lot of, you know, from Somali. They don't come just straight from the refugee camp. Some of them be up in England and all this. And that's another story. But she told me that they sat her down with a TV and said, look, you need to stay away from niggas. All they do is gang bang and fight and go to jail and they don't take care of their kids. And, you know, so um, what they done set up is they done set up a, a program where um, everyone else that's from other countries, oh, come to Minnesota and get your roll on. And black folks, we want you to vote Democrat. We want you to vote. We want this. We want that. And we're going to redline your ass. We're going to ignore you. Damn the fact that, that you, your ancestors done put in work, you know, for the benefits of others. And a lot of people don't know that. So when they come over here, they be looking like, man, you niggas is lazy. You get gangbang and sell dope and have kids and you don't take care of your kids and all these negative stereotypes about each other. So they push that out. So then when you go to the job and you're like, all right, I'm qualified. Well, Derek, you ain't you ain't qualified. Uh, you need this, you need that. Okay, well, let me go and get this master's. Well, nigga, you overqualified. And it was like, okay, so 
they play those type of games. That's that identity politics game. So you got a lot of that going on. You know, so I learned it over time. I don't, you know? I don't know about it. I mean, I'm not taking away from your experience of what yeah. you said occurred, but I don't know if they shown that, but I do know from my experience they don't, most of them, not all, but they don't show any respect, especially the Somali men in the community since living in Minnesota. I didn't got into it with a couple of them, but they just don't show respect at all. Um, almost like women supposed to bow down to them but as far as the women the smiley women they can be rude they cut you off but I'm not sure if that's like a cultural thing over there with just being aggressive it's just how they um, I think it's part speak. of brainwash when, I but, think it's a lot it of brainwash be, you know like you said what they told them about us they have no respect for us but I you know my experience you know it ain't been that good. I don't know how it is around the rest of the world, like in, you know, Chicago and other Midwest places and New York and all these places. Because, you know, New York is like a melting pot of all different mm -hmm. cultures. So yeah. well, I don't know if it's the same. Like, people say the Mexicans here is different from the ones in Chicago. I've well, heard that. Like, I go there and they seem more cooler. Here, I feel like... They've been taught to stay away from us. Yeah. I'm gonna well, be here, here with, like I said, they got that, you got a lot of covert supremacy, you know, mind state going on. Here in Minnesota, people could hide a lot of this. And, you know, this is like a, a, the Apollo 13 landing point for people that are from different countries that come here and they got these little ESL programs and all of this. And then what they do is they kind of set them up to think, well, don't fuck with the niggas because you know, they just bad news or whatever. And then around election time, they tell niggas to vote for them. They play them type of games. So you got people... It, Minnesota's not as cultured as what they want you to think. Very, very, very prejudiced no and racist atmosphere. I've, I haven't still yet to see a black community. Not at all. Not at all. Now, Rondo was, cl was close. Like, Rondo was close. Because... From what I've seen, I, I looked at the doc. You might want to check it out. But from what I understand, I don't you know, need to see it. I seen it on the news. They already did a throwback to Rondo and how it used to be and how they built the highways to cut it out. I mean, I understand the history behind it, but people can't keep comparing it to the past. Like, oh, it used to be. There's still no community right now. It's just a population. None. It's just a population. I, you know, I was talking to one of my guys one time, and I said, man, you know, the black population and he kept saying community, and I, I wasn't trying to be rude, but I said we don't have one, bro. Like, where is the money flourishing three to five we can, times? We can find in the hood spots. We can find a, a Asian uh, restaurant or a nail salon, Asian nail salon, or a Mexican taco shop or um, Asian hair store, but we don't see no black on nothing. Now moving towards university where you have maybe it's a lot of one or two spots. black businesses on university now and the rest of them is other cultures. Yeah. So you can kind of see where they, in Minnesota since I've been living here, like where they going with this. Um, the West Side has always been known for like where the Mexicans live. But now if you move towards the East Side, you see more Mexican businesses. So they they're slowly but surely taking over both sides. Yeah. And you know, you know what? Um, 
at one point I used to look at it from an emotional standpoint, be upset, and I said, okay, gotta look at it from the business standpoint. What's the analysis? You know, it's a political game. They done figured out a way to practice group economics. And, you know, we know that these things, a lot of this stuff is, is systemic. It's systematic. We know that that's a fact. There ain't no denying that. But black folks, we, we, we got uh, to practice some group economics on our own. So we, we a big fault for that because, you know, we in 2020. We about to be approaching 2020. We know what we need to do. The question is whether we're going to do it or not. Because, you know, we could share, we could say, well, these people's doing this, social media, this, social media, that. You know, we, we look like big victims out here. We really look like big victims out here. You know, well, this is happening to me. But the thing is, you know, nobody don't really care. You Nobody <laughs> really give a damn. Nobody don't give a fuck about how we feel and all this. And they look like, looking at it like, okay, yeah, we, we see what y'all going through, but... If y'all ain't gonna change it yourselves as much as you can, you know, whatever. But there was a new bill that they passed, and this was an article that I was looking at for, you know, black folks always getting the police called on them and at barbecues and all types of stuff. Where so is this at? What state is this? This is Oregon. Surprisingly. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Oregon of all places. So Oregon passed the bill for punishing racist 911 callers. Now, they should have been did that. They should have, but, but but think about it. Let's look at this now. How do you tell whether it's racist or not? Well, that means that you're going to have to have somebody on that line that's going to determine whether or not they think it's quote-unquote racist. Well, so they you say, get a well, call and you say, I need a car to a park because family's out here having fun and barbecuing. <laughs> you need to know that but that's not what they do. That ain't what they do. What they do, this is what they say. Well, it's some guys out here and they probably have some guys. You know, they, they're not, they're going to make it like the victim role. You're barbecuing with your family, minding your own business. When the police show up, they just see a bunch of black folks just jamming and hanging out and eating barbecue. And then you see this you know, scare a white woman because that's usually who calls. Let's be honest. And there are some of these 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 white dudes, these punk ass white dudes. You can't be scared of people because they having a good time. What you really is, you mad that they having a good time. You don't want them there having a good time. That's you don't want them is. to be present. You don't want them to exist. Or and you, to call the police on someone and they say, "Oh, someone's barbecuing on their property, on their property." House Bill Thirty One Sixteen. So we got. This is a bill, not a law. Let's 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 be real transparent here. This is a bill, so we don't know if Trump goes sign it or whoever. But it's supposed to be charging you two hundred fifty dollars if you say some. Oh well, it's some black guys out here barbecuing, and you know I don't like this or what. What? That's what I'm saying. I don't know what constitutes what's a racist call or not. I don't know how they're gonna determine that. That's why I'm wondering. Well, it can also be what they say, but also the tone and how they describe right. it. Right. So yeah. if I say these hunkers out here, you know, they gonna know that this don't <laughs> sound good. <laughs> you know, if, if I say these niggas out here making noise, that's a racist call. Yeah, 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 that's That's, that's a right. racial slur. But okay, you can use one of these. Well, I heard gunshots and they got guns. No one damn well they ain't got no guns. Because a lot no, of people be doing that. 
That's what they do. They they they, they, they make have it. to say they got guns, so the cops will automatically. <laughs> That's what they do. So they kill them dead. They'll do. Look, most of these cases have been where they said, "Well, I feel threatened," and the nine one one call or the nine one one person. When that happened to me, and my neighbor called the cops, she's inside her house safely. But you're calling and talking about somebody got guns. I'm in my apartment with the door shut. But you feel threatened? Yeah. Get your old ass to sleep. You shouldn't even be up. No, they they know damn well you ain't had no guns. They know that. They know you didn't have no guns. I believe she said that. And it was New Year's. And I still can't believe it. It was 7 o'clock at noon. It wasn't like... uh, 12 in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning when I'm disturbing the whole piece. This is during, obviously, waking hours. People don't go to sleep at 7. And if you go to sleep at 7, it's the wrong building to live in. You need to move into an elderly building. Yeah, you need to re- move into one of them old old Benjamin Somebody Button buildings. Dog or, you know, it's, it's a lot of kids in this building. <laughs> but see, a lot of them people that... and. and what I witnessed with that was like some of the people that was doing that shit, they didn't. Some of them was doing stuff. I mean, they was doing. They, they was committing were doing crimes. crimes in the building. Crimes. I ain't never seen nobody steal electricity, but let me tell you, I walked past one of the tenants' buildings. Niggas steal electricity. Told on me one time or called the police on me for nothing. All of them was exaggerated and was lies. She didn't have no electricity, but I see a stitching cord from the hallway socket into her apartment. Oh, that's a crime, for sure. That's a fire hazard, and that is a crime. That's I a said, that's, that's a cold ordinance. Electricity. That's that's a crime, like. But we didn't say nothing. I seen it. Running, I seen it. Running their electricity so they can watch TV all night because they ain't got no electricity. Yeah, see, she didn't pay her bill. She was probably the one to call the police. See, I don't call the police. I, I don't deal with the police. I don't, I I don't, don't participate. I said, most people like that. Like, and, and like I said, most of the callers that I got called on were uh, unfortunately white callers. Every time they came, they didn't find nothing. Yeah, that, that was just... But see, now, if I call, even if it's some fear, it's like, oh, we know you. You don't know me. Cops, you don't know me. You know the people that were calling on me for nothing. And they, let, let's be honest You here. should know them. They don't know much of nothing off top. Let's be honest. They're, most officers really ain't the brightest out you the bunch. You can't say you know somebody with no, uh, with no uh, criminal history. Well, you're like, black. Like, they saying it like, yeah, we know you. You do crime. No, get your butt out of here. No, nah, what it is is you're black. I know you. I know you're kind. And no. we, were, we were given a call. You got to think. When they show up <laughs> and they open the door, when you open the door... Well, because you notice, they they stood at the door. Most of the time, they just come on in. They just stood right there because they knew. Well, legally, they can't just walk in. Right. They but have to I'm, ask you, can listen, they come and Legalities mean nothing to them when it comes to niggas. Let's well, be honest. They, they, they have to do it for me because they asked me. Can I come in? You know, if they ask that. I didn't got to stop just because I look intimidating walking down the street. Walking. Wild black. You have never had that happen to you. Actually, I have. At that time at the bus stop? I had a situation. So was and this they about was, to take you to jail? 
If I would have got bucked with them, maybe they could have. No, but they had me in handcuffs. They didn't have me in handcuffs because okay. I was limping. I, I didn't even know. I'm coming from school. I'm grown. I don't know nothing. You never had that experience. You never got pulled over and had to sit there for three hours on the side of the road talking about they're running your ID. Your ID don't take that damn long to run. I've had similar happen. I've it's, had, it's just I, racial profiling. I've had guns pulled on me. Um, not just one cop. I've had 15 police pull weapons out mm, on me. That's really sad. Uh, 15 police no, pull weapons on me. Yeah. On pin. This was like, this was before I had a car. And after that, that was my whole little get down and I say, okay, I ain't going to be on, out in the trenches no more. They get charged with on foot. for this. It, it's just like, it's disgusting. When you have someone that follows the laws. And does what's right, but you want to pick on people that's doing what's right with their life, not that the pays their salary. That you see acting a fool, walk right past the cops. Cops act like they don't see them. They don't want the people to act a fool. They they want the niggas that got some sense. That's the biggest. How you threat. gonna ask me where I'm going and I'm coming from work? That where look, you think I'm going? You know, you know why they ask you that. <laughs> this is why they ask you that. That's that whole overseer mentality. Let me ask this grown person where they're getting ready I'm like, to go. Where are you why are you parked on the side of the road looking suspicious? How I know you not doing that? I had an officer one time tell me, well, you look like a suspect. That was the one where I tell I was limping and I was in Columbia Heights. Columbia Heights, Fridley, is, 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 is a known place for a lot of uh, racist cops. But uh, he said something like, well, you look like a suspect that robbed the Dairy Queen down the street. I said, well, man, I'm limping. I'm not going to rob a Dairy Queen. Well... You know, we, you know, a bunch of excuses, a bunch of explaining. And so he says, well, how long have you been here? I said, man, I'm waiting on the bus. And I was actually applying for like one of day labor jobs. And so I said, well, what does a suspect look like, officer? That threw him off. He thought I was going to sit there and go back and forth with him and all that. I don't talk to police. Well, what does a suspect look like? Well, he was tall and he was lanky. I said, so a crackhead. I don't right. know about all that. You no, know, no, no. I, I, I put him on the spot. I said, you're telling me that somebody went Dairy Queen and stole a cake. That's, that, that's, some, that's a drug addict shit. I said, you need to go look for that motherfucker. That sounds like a youth, a minor. That stole a cake? Mm-hmm. A tall, six foot five stole a cake. Yeah, it's, it's kids that's six foot tall. A minor. I don't know. I think one of these old niggas made this one. Well, what I'm saying is, young folks do stuff like that. That's what he said to the suspect boy. He probably stole it and ran off with it. He probably really wanted that case. I'm telling you. But he said it was a robbery. He he, he said it was a robbery. That was, I don't know what that was. That was something. (laughs) That was some some of these stupid commercials coming up. (laughs) Anyway. You know, enough of that. (laughs) You know, niggas stealing Dairy Queen cakes and shit. You know, that, that was bad. But okay, Yahoo Finance came up with a a potential um yeah, a potential reparation price tag, you know, and they think it around seventeen trillion for this HR forty stuff. You know, we looked at the congressional committee. 
Uh, we heard that BS. We heard all that, all them symbols and, and plantation menus talking about they want to get, a, they don't want this and they don't think we so should have it. So we talk about reparations. We talk about you reparations. You know, Derrickin just started rambling. Nobody knows what the topic we is. We talk about cutting so the So now we talk about reparations. Should we get reparations? And the article that he found is saying that our reparations will come, uh, go back up. Yeah. At a price of $17 trillion. Potentially. Potential allegedly, and then down here, allegedly, big alleged. But then seventeen trillion dollars, and to pay off all us niggas, let me tell you something. It ain't enough. It ain't enough. And it's that's priceless. like a dollar fifty a check. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm offended. I, Derek can say, or DP can say, I think we deserve reparation. A lot of people can say that. Yeah. Here's what I say. I'm not saying we don't deserve it. I'm saying. That would mean they will have to accept that they have done us wrong for 400 years and continue to do so. Yeah. I don't think they have accepted that. That's why they use Christ. What will God do? Oh, we're trying to make it right what by would Jesus making y'all free slaves. <laughs> Jesus, will, Jesus will cut that check when we talk we about Christianity. Free. Ain't nobody free in the United States. And I'm not trying to be funny. It's the illusion of freedom. Hmm. So well, if you give me a check, you're just paying off my pain, and I don't feel like my ancestors were worth seventeen. Well, there's nothing That's they can. There, there's nothing that they could possibly do. We, we know that. We know that right off the top. There's nothing they could possibly do to really repay. But one thing I'll say is this: just if you notice, the loss was change yeah. the loss to include us, and maybe I would think about forgiving you since you look at me now like a human being. Well. One big thing I've seen here is Sheila Jackson says pay, payments are not the focus of HR 40. And it's like, okay, well, what's the focus? That's, that's where the disrespect lies, where it's like, we will pay everyone else, which these are facts. They paid everyone else. Every other race has received a check or received some land. But now they're saying with black folks is not the focus. But that's Sheila Jackson, and that's that's what's more plantation talk. You got Warren and Booker and Harris and real, real coon sambo talk that that that, that they're going. They're trying to avoid it. But um, I think with land, tax-free land, just like how the natives got over here, up here, you know, on these reservations, we should be a protected class, and um, that should be the the strong consideration, or actually the demand. It shouldn't even be considered. But, um, like I said, even if they don't give it to us, uh, the, the bigger problem is, you know, you got people saying that we don't even deserve it. And then you have McConnell running around talking about, well, we gave you Obama. You know, <laughs> I couldn't believe that shit. But um, it's even worse than McConnell is, you know, people like Warren Booker, Harris, the the, the so-called Democrats, the, the black folks vote for every single year, and they I give just us nothing. Want the laws to apply to us. At I least don't that. Care about that other stuff. At least that. I want to be able to uh, register for a weapon, just like a white man. I want to be able to be seen as a citizen, just like a white woman. Not to be seen automatically as a criminal. The criminal. When they come up and then they talk to us disrespectful and talk down to us and ask us why we hostile. So that's a change of heart you're asking for here. No, I'm not asking for a change of heart. What I'm saying is start looking at us like citizens. 
I don't want that damn dollar fifty. But it wasn't designed like that. We were never intended to be citizens under the Constitution. That's you know. I see. No, I, I see what you're getting at. I, they, I know what you're gonna, saying. I'm telling you, if they do finally start trying to give our reparations to us, it's gonna be a twist today, y'all. Oh, for sure. It's gonna be some y'all bullshit. Y'all better know it ain't gonna come that simple. Like, oh, black people will now receive a check. No, no, no. Well, you no, know, no, 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 baby. One thing, and I won't get too deep, but just looking at Yahoo, um. When they talked about the UN, this blew me out of proportion. Now, think about this. And I'm talking to black folks here. The United Nations, out of all places, they declared that the U.S. owe us. Everyone else in the world says they owe us and they should fucking pay. Pardon my French. But the USA is the only people in these plantation niggas. They they think we shouldn't get it. So it just kind of goes to show what era of time we're in and what type of country we live in. We know what era of time it is. Do we got to read an article to find that out? No, I'm just, I'm just covering it. I'm, I'm just saying, oh, like, okay. yeah, you know, I, I just thought that was kind of interesting that in 2016, the, pan, the UN panel, and, you know, people can say whatever they want. They've been saying a panel's for a panel. Year they know and they still allow this and they still let it go on and no one fights for us. I don't want to hear about what you think should be done if you have not done it or tried to do something to make sure that our people get the help that they received because of what was done to them. I don't want to hear it. And, it's, and you know, I don't want to hear no talk. it's only, and you know, a lot of people always say they're, they're tired of, well, I'm tired of hearing black folks say this. I'm tired of hearing them say that. And well, we're tired of being stopped at the, at the bus stop, getting ready to go to work. We're, we're tired of, of bus that they stop you for a tent on you. We're tired of minding our own business walking down the street going to get, you know, a cheese sandwich and you come out and somebody's asking you where are you going. You know. I've I've had that. I've I mean, I ain't got pulled over a whole lot, but that's the type of stuff we have to deal with. Other people ain't got to deal with that. We're the only people that have to deal with that and have a long-standing history of having to deal with that. And so what we're saying is, is, you know, we, we were promised something that we were old and everyone else, every other race on this planet has received reparations, but us, but like, like when you go back to, when we talked about Minnesota, this is like the immigrant stand place. Everybody comes over here. They reap the benefits, but we don't get nothing out of it. So, you know. For that time and that date with Trump in office and his administration, that's burning out. All them funds, everything. So, I wouldn't even worry about it, y'all, no more. Well, I think Trump. It, it's changing. You can definitely see a change. Trump administration have cut a lot of funding and programs and money for people coming in the United States, which is the United States is based off of immigrants. I feel bad talking about immigrants that way, but I feel like. The facts are the facts. Um, we are, <laughs> unfortunately, allegedly, are like Black African Americans, um, foundational say, Americans, Negroes, foundational Black Americans. Okay. No, we foundational Black. I can't finish my conversation, but thank you. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Negroes are um, treated unfairly on purpose, so they. I feel like they brung in the true Africans or they feel like the true Africans from Africa to stifle us out and to make sure we stay in the position that we are in. Yeah, so 
I just think another thing is like they want to keep us separated from Africans because we are Africans. They just added the African American to it. That's why I call myself a Negro. Um, I don't know what reparations would mean for Africans that come over here because if you think about it, Africans... They deserve reparations in some kind of way, too, because their ancestors is ours. But I think that we need to have a conversation as people. I'm just saying all together. Because as long as we keep that light skin, dark skin, nigga, right. I'm better than yeah. you type of shit. I'm the light skin nigga, you the black one, you from the east, where, uh, Africa, I'm from west. We ain't never going to get this reparation talk done. I do think Af uh, Africans should be joined in this conversation, but I do think the focus should be more on the ones that has been generationally placed here yeah. um, because of our uh, ancestors that were enslaved. I agree. I mean, I, I think that, and see, a lot of them is probably going to feel like, and I, I hate saying the word them because now I sound like, you know what I'm saying? That's separating but, us again. Yeah, that's separate. But, but the bottom line is we are foundational. The bottom line, now this is a global thing. There's white supremacy all around, all around the board. We know that for a fact. And we know where it started. We know it started in Europe. We know they came over here to get free land, to free load. We know that. Now, as foundational black Americans, as black folks that put in, the, our ancestors put in the work. They put in the work. They built this shit. They built everything. United States did not exist until we came over here and built it. That's a fact. What we're saying is foundational black Americans is saying like, look, you know, pay us what you pay us what you owe. And we ain't forgot about the African brothers. You know, we ain't forgot about y'all. Now we going to get on the, U the UN's ass. Now like, we going to get on Portugal's ass and France and like the all natives, them other places no that benefit. This is the native's land, how they gave them, um, Casinos and stuff. I'm sorry, I couldn't think. The, Casinos, uh, the land for their land, and now they create their own money for their land. That's what we need. Maybe they need to do that for us because I yep. think I I would rather see us as a black community have a bank somewhere where right. white you know people be like, okay, this is a part of y'all reparations. They're not gonna call what they give natives that check every month reparations, but they know what they did to them. Yeah. So it's like maybe they don't call it reparations, but I do think they need to start giving. Pay, they maybe they should pay us our money so that we can have land and we can have yeah. tourists come on our land. Like it needs to be in context. It needs the to casinos be casinos and keep it within it, the black. It needs to be in context. The African community. You know, not just. Let's be. I'm gonna be very, very honest. Maybe I shouldn't say this. You give a nigga some money, like. You give me twenty, thirty million. Well, I'm probably gonna do some. I'm probably gonna do some go shit. Go run off with it to Vegas and give it to the native casinos. <laughs> Let me be very, very honest. I'm probably gonna buy a bunch of frivolous bullshit. I don't a need. Boat in a car. So what, what you do for what you do for Bagland DP? Okay, we are gonna give you a check, but okay, give me some land. Make the land tax free. Let us be sovereign citizens, and give us the. Give me the land tax-free, my 40 acres. I'm going to build up a Mall of America or whatever we want to build up, you know, or, or whatever the case it may be. I may want to deal with the brothers from Haiti. Hey, we need to build something. We need, we need something to be that's a citizens. tourist attraction where we can yeah. keep generating money. 
And oh, then we need a place that's safe. Culture. We need a place where we can govern our own. We need a place where we can govern our own in, 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 in such a manner where we ain't got to deal with people pulling us over and gunning us down. We got our own people. You come out of our land with that bullshit, we wipe you out. We got our own government. We got, we got things to where we're protected amongst each other. And if we dealing with some people, for example, and for all the signboards. I just think we need something to generate money flow. Okay. I don't, I don't know about having our own cops and all of that stuff. I'm not saying that I we mean, don't. I mean, the natives but do. What I'm saying, at the reservations, they got their own police. Okay, well, like, maybe we should do something like that. But I'm saying let's, let's take this emotion out because everybody gets so angry about all this stuff that's going on. But the only way to dominate people is through financial growth. That's true. Nobody has feelings and emotion. Why people can survive and be financially dominant over there because they don't have no emotions. They do what they do and they don't care about the consequences. So we need to start coming together and not caring, oh, is God going to look at this wrong? Or we, we got to start caring about each other and ourselves. And speak to people when you see people on the street, honey. Don't be afraid in Minnesota to say hi. I've yeah. never seen this in my life. The girls and the males just turn their nose and you just speak to somebody. You never know what that could mean for them. But that's how you uh, generate economic growth. You may know so-and-so that do hair. You may know so-and-so that could make plates out their house with dinners. And you start supporting that. Now there's a food truck. Now there's a, a local restaurant. So just... Please, start speaking to folks. I just had to say that. I grew up in a place where folks talk to each other. And I, in Minnesota, I just, it's like if you ain't got no money, ain't nobody talking to you. So I, that's that's the energy I feel. And see, what you're talking about is a code of conduct. Staying on a code where the way we deal with each other is a way where, you know, when we're going to promote growth, it ain't going to be perfect. But, you know, that that communication effort and me just, you know, you where I could finish what I was That's saying about... That's how we don't know what's going on in, in all of our communities and, and how everybody is feeling. And when we find out we all on one accord and we've been experiencing the same things, that's when you can create change. Like, if you're walking around and you're feeling some type of way because your boss at work is treating you uh, racially profiling, you're not, you're not able to speak to friends or family about it because everybody has always talked to you, oh, girl, get your money. I don't care how they treat you, get your money. You have no outlet, no way when you can just start talking to people and y'all can probably figure out a way to find some economic freedom from and those see, type of situations. I'm see, sorry. When 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 foundation of black Americans is running around here talking about cut the check, that's that's a hashtag. But what I'm saying is when we're talking about that, we're leaning towards when you look at those situations, if we have our own black Wall Street like Tulsa we ain't got to deal with nobody saying, oh, that sounds ghetto. Or what did you say? And making little no baby mama jokes and stuff People like that. that, what, that I, what I'm saying is if we, have, if we have our own, we don't have to pander and, and, and deal with none of that crap. Ain't going to be no more profiling on a job or whatever. Because you said we got, the, we got the attraction. We got Disneyland. We we got yeah. we got we we got our own. We don't have to pander when and she, apologize. You start generating money in your community. You can create more. You can create schools. You can create banks. You can create where that that employs more people of color. People ain't out here scrambling for jobs. Black folks. I'm just saying in the state of Minnesota. I, I want to get rid of white state. Please. I ain't go, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's a white state. It's a white state. People of color. Right we gotta get rid of that term. So black folks. 
when I see a sister and I say she doing good and I see she got her nice car, nice home, and she works somewhere nice and she got her head up in the air like that, but you know that this other sister's trying to be where you at or at least need the help and the guidance, you don't do that. And that's why I said black people need to talk to people and stop acting like that here. So yeah. that's just all that's just something, you know, it's just common decency. Just speak to folks. Now, you learn that at a young age. I don't know if your mama scared you when she said, stop talking to strangers. Black people ain't strangers. In Africa, everybody was family. Yeah, yep, yep. You're right. You're right. Mbutu knew, you know, <laughs> right. uh, Shaka Zulu yeah. now from the tribe down the way. And, and you know respectfully, what? they go to their family and say, hey, I seen Mbutu. And even if they had a problem, look, no, Mbutu, look, even if they had a problem, they might go to war, but it wasn't like here. You see what I'm saying? Even if they got a problem, they still don't dehumanize because each other. it was other. a collective. That's it was what a collective. it was. See, this, this North American, this Western civilization, when you came over to these to, to, to these wastelands, that's when we... That's well, why the light-skinned nigga got to be in the house. The black nigga had to build a field. They separated it. I'm better than you. She better. She get water. She get to bathe. You're living in the huts. I'm telling Tyrone well, you know, to sleep with you every night. I got, a, I got, I got, I got, I got another point too from, from the U.S. You know, and we'll get ready to close out soon. But I, you know, we were here first. We were like we were here before Columbus came. We were here. We were back and forth trading with the natives. We were, we are natives. We are, you know, there's, there was black chiefs. There was black I chiefs. There was black chiefs and, and, I, and I all think, of that. So I think my baby's native. I'm not. <laughs> no, there was black chiefs. There was, you know, they try to pass this off like it's a, you know, and that's how. But we we have been around the world trading um, for for many many years. So it wasn't what we seen from a brutal standpoint. That's from European conquest. But you know, one thing I want to do again is um, before we close out here, I want to. Uh, promote these black-owned businesses once again. You know, that's that's a custom that I want to do every podcast we have for the first part and the last. Um, if you need your makeup done and you need your face uh, together, go to Catwalk Fierce on Instagram. You need some beats, go to Send Beats, that's P-S-Y-N. And if you ever want to get into the information technology game, get some training, get a Microsoft certification, you can go to www.beingblackandit.com. And you could also sign up for classes and get a one-hour consultation uh, with the Being Black on IT uh, book on Amazon right now. Also on ebook and paperback, um, some self-motivation and self-help training. Uh, you can get the uh, A Walk in Your True Path by Nakia Pearson on Amazon. You also can check out Nakia Pearson on Facebook at 452 for any life coaching. Okay. And, um... With clothing, if you need some clothes, go to 360 Life Clothing. Um, also, uh, Tally and Twine Luxury Watches. And for business ventures, um, if you're looking to get here on the podcast or if you want to get some uh, training for IT certification, you know, uh, uh, you can use the, the moniker, um, the dollar sign Bagland DP on Cash App. So this is the Bagland Podcast with Bagland DP and Keish. You guys have a good night.